Welcome to the Customer Experience Management Podcast, hosted by Anders Gustafsson and Carlos Velasco. In this episode, Carlos interviews Dr. Tech Ming, Terence, Tan about blockchain and customer experiences. Welcome everyone to the Customer Experience Management Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that I am personally very interested in and that is sounding a lot in the media recently. <clears throat> the topic is blockchain technology and its implications for customer experience management. And I have a very special guest. His name is Tekmin Pan. He is currently a, an associate professor in marketing at Olu Business School in Finland. He's also appointed as an adjunct professor in marketing in the University of Helsinki. His research interests include blockchain, branding, sharing economy, and sustainability. And he is an external advisor at the Helsinki uh, Blockchain Center. These are just some of the things that uh, he's involved with and that he's doing. Um, Terence, uh, as if I may, I know that that's your nickname, nickname so I'm going to be calling you Terence from now on. Yes. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, and I would like to first give you the word to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much, Carlos. Uh, it's our pleasure. It's my pleasure actually to 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 be part of the Norwegian Business School podcast. So, like Carlos already mentioned, I'm the associate professor in marketing at the Olu Business School. So I think uh, he already gave a lot of good uh, introductions. So I just want to say that my current research interest is focusing on blockchain marketing. So this is what I'm doing since uh, 2018. Nice. Okay, that is very nice. Uh, and, 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 you know, like one of the things that uh, happens with blockchain is that is one of those words that sounds a lot now in the media, but, but uh, still many people uh, don't know what it is. So I want to start from the very beginning before we jump into your fantastic paper that you recently published um, that we will cover later. What is blockchain, uh, Terence? Good. I think... Uh... For my uh, definitions is that uh, blockchain is a digital system in which a record of transactions. So it is designed for record of uh, transactions between the exchange parties. And in this context, I will more focus on the monetary transactions between the exchange party rather than uh, using the blockchain for recording purpose, which is what we know familiar with the SQR, uh, SQL database. So what fascinating is that the blockchain use a distributed monetary transaction record keeping system that allow all the exchange party to assess the transaction in real time. And the trust level of the transactions is governed by the blockchain consensus. So in this regard, uh, I would argue that the blockchain technology offer a new model of economic coordinations and governance in the sharing economies. So this is what I think about blockchain. So Terence, one of the, the keywords uh, that I get from, from what you're saying, uh, I, and I guess which is part from the, of this new uh, form of government that you are suggesting is the concept of decentralization, right? Yes. What, what does that mean? I think the decentralization here means that uh, we are not going to have one party to own the data to know what's going on. So basically, uh, the party get involved in the 
exchange, they can actually view what's going on with the transactions. So this is what beautiful part about the blockchains, whereby we can check that we can check the transaction on chain. So this means that uh, it's a huge uh, things that happen in the blockchain, which is we can't find other technology. That's the reason why it allows for the new kind of economic coordinations. And, and that is something that is, uh, in my opinion, fueling a lot of uh, creative processes, because once we think about this decentralization, <clears throat> basically what we see or we, what we can relate to is this moving from what some people call Web 2.0 to Web 3.0, which is this idea that, you know, like now or beforehand, let's say we would have to go through a central system, let's say Facebook, Google or whatever. And then that system would regulate or modulate the way in which interactions would happen. But now is because it's a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized system. Then that means that everyone can sort of like uh, contribute in how things are going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is because in blockchain we have these consensus mechanisms, which is not uh, we we couldn't find web two. So web three they have consensus mechanisms, so like proof of states or proof of work or other consensus mechanism which help to do the verification process. That's the reason why we do not need those uh, center party to perform a lot of so-called how to ensure the trust between the exchange party. Okay, yeah, that is fascinating. And I think it's gonna, yeah, we're gonna see a lot of uh, new development from there because uh, I see that we are uh, at relatively early stages yet still. But okay, going back to uh, uh, one of the topics that we're more interested in, how, why and how is blockchain relevant in marketing, generally speaking? What, what, what is your opinion about that? I think uh, blockchain is very relevant to digital marketing, but uh, the implication is totally different because it's going to change the way how we create, communicate, deliver, and exchange offering that have values to customer, clients, partners, society in the digital space. Because uh, blockchain technology allowed the ownership, I think this is the most important part, allowed the ownership of the digital properties. Mm -hmm. They are based on our universal world addresses. So we have this uh, crypto addresses, right? So mm -hmm. rather than provide all the personal identification informations. So because of this, uh, Technology, this technology is relevant to marketing because it's helped to enhance consumer privacy, uh, digital identity, and digital rights. Hmm. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is uh, very, very important. In that sense, do you have any examples for our listeners on how uh, marketing is using blockchain? Yeah, I think here one good one is the uh, good examples is Decentraland. Okay. This is yeah. This is a three D virtual world browser based platform that use uh, Ethereum blockchains, where we as a buyer or we as a user could actually buy the virtual lands mm -hmm. in the platform as an NFT. So at the same time, like we as well as can build any three D art or image, including including the buildings, stadiums, houses, car, clothing. Uh, wearable devices and so on. So if we can do it, it means any brands can do it, right? So, <laughs> so this is a cool part because uh, this central lens is the green shot of uh, Metaverse. 
So mm -hmm. brand brand should actually brand manager, I would say, should monitor the developments of decentralized as much mm -hmm. developed. Uh, maybe they can try to create a new kind of customer experience that can help to unlock the opportunity in this space. So I think it's already started, especially in the entertainment industry, <laughs> like uh, what we have been heard a lot. I, I actually also know about this, about the virtual music festival is having held on the Decentralands in the last, uh, since last, I think, October. So there are a lot of EDMs, uh, live music there. Paris students were, were there before and that Mal 5 were there before. So I think, uh, as we know, all these artists, when, when they appear in this place, so this is an opportunity for marketers because they are the one who endorse the brand. They are the one bringing all uh, communications into the market as well. That's why I think uh, marketing, uh, we must think about how this could be organized in the, in the decentralized space. That is fascinating. And it also shows me that, you know, in the end, <clears throat> through this decentralized blockchain uh, government, I guess what, what we're doing is sort of like setting the boundaries or the sort of like way of government, if you like, of how experiences can actually be designed in these virtual spaces where there is ownership as well, right? Yes. Okay, that is that is interesting. So let's start diving. Oh no, you know, before we start diving into the article, I do have another question that I know that many people wonder, and is this idea that you know uh, Ethereum is probably one of the the, the first blockchains in which smart contracts are taking place and many of these things that we're talking about happen. But there are many others, you know, we have things like Cardano, Solana, and many mm -hmm. other of these blockchains. So what, what are their differences or what, what is kind of like behind them? I think it still depends on the securities. Uh, perhaps uh, since you mentioned Cardano and Solana, I think uh, for these two, a huge difference is that so who can play the verification process. Uh, if I really check on the Solana, uh, basically uh, we have must have a millions right in our accounts. I think if we check on the on the on the data itself, basically the normal people can't do all this staking process. I, they can stake, but they don't have the 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 rights to actually do all this verification. It's actually dominated by big players. So if you ask me, I think Solana could be like more centralized. But for Cardano, it's, it's slightly different. I think uh, it's more decentralized. I think it's also based on the systems itself, the consensus, how they design. So for, for me, I, I'm a big fan actually for, for Ethereum. So uh, even though proof of work is, is, is a lot of people say uh, it's not good, really, really not good for the environment, but I still think there's one of the best to ensure uh, the security of the transactions because now in the blockchain we are dealing with all the monetary transactions it's not just recording data so the security is very important of course now they have this proof of that is is good but i still uh, think that proof of word is is one of the best uh, mechanisms uh, yeah 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 this is why i think i think uh, now they have second layer polygons uh, so i think it's, it's still yeah it's good yeah 
Okay, yeah, this this makes absolute sense. Uh, uh, they have many different ways of kind of like the way in which their their kind of like proceedings go. But uh, for for our listeners, uh, uh, we're now going to dive into uh, one of uh, Terence's articles that he published recently. This is a very good starting point. I'm going to post this article in the description of this episode. Go and check it out. Uh, you can learn more about it, and also the references, of course, have. Uh, as well, more information. So Terence, you recently published a very interesting article. I happened to, to, to uh, you know, like found it on, on LinkedIn and then I went through it and I was like very fascinated about it, which is called Ethical Marketing in the Blockchain-Based Sharing Economy, Theoretical Integration and Guiding Insights. So here you focus on the sharing economy. Can you tell us what is this article about? If you can give us a short overview about it. Sure. In this article, we explain how blockchain uh, shift the logic of ethical marketing research in the in the sharing economy. So, which cover we focus on the three foundation of marketing institutions, processes, and value creations. So, although blockchain offer a new kind of model economics coordinations and governance that actually serve the best interests of stakeholders and their well-being. But on the other hand, we actually know that abuser can reverse uh, blockchain technology and use it as a tool to monitor people, uh, to keep track of people, and also to maximize their profits. So such as what we see, uh, unfortunately, I would say that uh, in the NFT space right now, uh, which is actually people look for maximizing their profit. So this article helped to serve as a guideline on how ethical marketing research should be examined in the context of the blockchain-based sharing economy. So the important part, we identify how the blockchain attributes and their capabilities serve to provide a better understanding of the implication of ethical boundary in the different blockchain ecosystem in which we use uh, stakeholder capitalism, uh, a famous uh, theory, which is, uh, I think it's good to be applied in this context. Okay, that is a very interesting article. Uh, there is a specific section in this article where you describe the relevance of blockchain in managing customer experiences. Uh, some of the things that you mentioned is that it is possible to move from limited, limited control to incentives, and or provenance-based customer experience under a pseudonym. Can you, can you elaborate on this? Yeah, definitely. I think I did this part before, before I, I thought about uh, the blockchain-based experience. Uh, we, we first have to identify, understand what's going on with the current so-called shared economy that mm -hmm. we know as uh, Airbnb or Uber. Actually, this, this giant text sharing platform have all the demand and supply-side information. So as a result, individual brands are, are unable to manage all the customer experience across all the touch points along the journey because we are using their platform. And because of this, uh, the brands actually themselves also have a very limited control over the quality of the user experience. On the customer side, uh, we as a customer actually we are give, give away more and more identified personal and uh, behavioral information about our purchase on those brands. So, and yet actually both sides, uh, customer and brand do not have a full control over the data. So this is mm -hmm. what happened on the current shared economy. 
So however, for the blockchain-based sharing economy, theoretically, we as a customer only use a wallet address such as MetaMask mm -hmm. to represent our identity, which is under the pseudonyms, like I put and explain the articles. So mm -hmm. we can put like avatar or fictitious name. In this sense, that's less likely for customer to provide identifiable information for our purchase transaction made on the blockchains. So if you try to move forward this kind of ideology of uh, to the tourism context, which is uh, we as a traveler, we can deal with uh, individual hotel or the guest house brands directly without the need of the existing platform, which is currently we refer to the Airbnb or booking.com. Mm -hmm. So we can use this uh, pseudonym for online booking and payments. So after we have the transaction online, of course, when we check in the hotel, we need to present our real identity. But from here, actually, uh, the brand themselves can have a full control over what's going on during the process. So you might be questioned, like a lot of people are questioning what happened about the quality control and if there's any conflicts happen because this is what uh, being managed by Airbnb or Booking.com. Actually, nowadays we have something called on-chain dispute resolutions <laughs> via Kratos blockchains, which is by, I think, in, in Australia. Uh, an important remark is that uh, all, the, all the exchange party, including customer, hotel, they need to pay a certain kind of fees for any, any dispute if they want, to, uh, they want to, to, to execute in the blockchain network. So uh, basically here actually try to avoid uh, people who go for unjustifiable complaints. So this is the wonderful part, I think. And also uh, hmm. all the transactions will be available online and mutable. So in the future, it will be easier for brands to know what are those incentives are being highlighted or evaluated by customers in the markets. So we also, yeah, that's why we also expect that uh, student customers are more willing to share their preference to the brand mm -hmm. or advertiser if they are incentivized directly, such as a small amount of tokens or crypto. So this is what I'm trying to say Yeah. No, that is that, that is actually one one of the very interesting parts of this this whole concept of blockchain in in in, uh, in this context, and is that you can actually incentivize customers to share their data, right? And their data becomes valuable, and they're kind of like the things that they do and the things and the things they own actually become valuable in the transaction with the the brands, right? Yes, so, correct. No, that is yeah, that is that is super interesting, and I think it's actually a game changer. I'm not sure if you would agree with me, but you know, it's like one of the things I was reading the other day. I don't quite remember the. The name of the platform but there, there's like this new uh, kind of like web 3.0 blockchain that is trying to create like a like a decentralized youtube kind of thing and it's yes. actually by one of the founders of, of youtube if i remember correctly mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things that they were saying is like you know they they are now encouraging for example uh, uh, people that watch videos with them to share part of their information, to see certain ads as well that are targeted by receiving mm -hmm. specific tokens. So the model is completely changed. It's not anymore that you just simply are a passive receiver of a centralized party, but you are an, an active in an active relationship with a, with another party that is decentralized. Yeah, exactly. I think this is could be the this should be the future, right? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. 
So, in a way, I mean, I guess I can derive from what you just said how a blockchain uh, can create value for customers, firms, and society in general. But if you had to put that in in a few sentences, what can you say about how blockchain can create value for customers, firms, and society? I think I think I can give like uh, just a few examples for for each of those. So, for for creating a value for customers, as I mentioned to you. Just now, in the previous uh, answer, is that the uh, interview is that uh, customers will have more control over their data. First thing, and second, customer have the rights to actually do uh, to to be incentivized with the tokens or anything they want to do. And the third one, I think, is the digital ownership for the customer. Hmm. So for consumer here, I I believe that they are shifting their their kind of uh, the the mindset from online to digitalize this is i think I, I try to make a difference between these two because online means that we are only behave online but online doesn't mean that it's congruence with what we ourselves as a as a real person however digitalize here what i'm trying to say is that we actually try to behave online on blockchain exactly who we are right now so i think uh, in the future Perhaps people are more more ethical because they more more ethical on the transactions online, especially about these blockchains because they they have their ownerships, they have their rights, they have their record everything's on the on the online. So it means that uh, if they grant the access uh, for for the party who like to verify the identities, then. Uh, they can actually know some of the historical records. Uh, of course, they of course this is again GDPR again. So that's the reason why I think uh, uh, there are some researchers trying to do some research about how these uh, blockchains can can in line with the GDPR issue. Like I think uh, from La Peranta University in Finland as well. There's a group of researchers. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, this is really good because it helps the consumer to have a better things better uh, behavior shape their better behavior so for the value creation of a firm i think uh, the, the most important right now is that they try to shift from more centralized to decentralized marketing management in the ecosystems mm-hmm. so uh, which require a more distributed ethical philosophy that is delegates away from the centers or authoritative location or groups so in this regards, uh, firm can actually practice more kind of uh, stakeholder well-being engagements as a decentralized marketing. So I think one uh, good example for this one is this one uh, public company in Spain. Uh, it's called uh, Ekiona, A-C-C-I-O-N-A. So from the, if we can read the sustainability report, they actually assign 1.1 million for this uh, decarbonized strategy, decarbonized uh, strategy based on blockchains. So it means that they use a blockchain in a trans- transparent way. Mm-hmm. They assign a pool of investment fund to be created to finance any decarbonization activity performed by the stakeholders. Currently, I think they only do for their, because they have a lot of business unit, for their business unit. However, I think this thing could be extended across the stakeholders in the ecosystem so all other firms can can participate then we can 
uh, they can assign more funding. It's like all the company can assign more of this uh, funding. How can help uh, other actors to get involved in this uh, decarbonization strategy? Uh, speaking about the valuation for society, uh, one good example I really want to share is uh, from uh, University of Oulu here. Uh, we have this uh, Oulu base, uh, there's one Finnish based uh, blockchain firm. Its name is Joisto, J O I S T O. So we actually focus on the world first document storage and can, that can prove originality and integrity. So our Unistel OU actually part of the network, the blockchain network, and also the node. So it is a project to create a smart campus network, all kind of uh, platform and a partnership model, innovation, collaboration with not only UNST, but also with the SME. So this program tried to boost the competitiveness of the Finnish company with the introductions of the new technology 6G or blockchains for the society. So I think um, this is really good because uh, we really need uh, the, the originality and integrity of the information. So, so, the, so this is what I'm trying to say, to link to the value creation for society. Thank you so much for the, for that a very comprehensive answer that you just gave me on 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 this question. I think it's it's very good and, and something that I really like about the the answer that that uh, that you just present is that uh, that you recurrently mentioned the word ethics, and and it seems that there are like many ways in which uh, the blockchain technology can be used in the context of marketing and customer experience management, business more more broadly perhaps to solve some ethical issues that we are facing. But what would, be, what, what would you say are some key ethical challenges that we can see with the implementation of blockchain technology? I think the first one of key challenges is that uh, we actually want to balance between, uh, are we going to do something for the society or are we going to do just for ourselves? So the ethical lens here, I think a lot of people are mostly for the profit purpose. As I always point out for the NFT project. So right now you can see even in there's a, it's a situation people are putting their selfie. as uh, so NFT, which is uh, happened in Singapore. And also uh, there's one case from the Indonesia. Indonesia. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Singapore as well, there's influential. There are some pretty women they put their selfie. So it sells a lot of money, but the question is uh, how, how this selfie, why we need to put a selfie on the NFT, then this kind of project uh, what, is going to do make a lot of people get hurt at the end of the day. So I think this is the first part that we need to solve. And, and the second... Yeah, sorry okay. if I, I interrupt you for a second, but it's like for those uh, of our listeners who don't know these cases that there are like these cases, as, as Terence was saying, in Singapore and in Indonesia of uh, a couple of, uh, I'm not sure if in Singapore it was a student, but in Indonesia it was a student that did this project of taking selfies from himself, of himself for several uh, months, maybe years, and then he sold them as NFT, non-fungible tokens. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, basically, I think it's up to a million dollars now, the, the amount yes. of money that has been there. But I think something that is quite interesting from what you're saying is, you know, like, what are what is the impact of this? But then on the other hand, it's like, 
how are we defining value, right? What is value and what are we assigning value to? What is the consensus that we're making about what sort of things have value and for what reasons? And I think this, there's also an interesting reflection of, you know, uh, uh, what things do we think are good to assign value to or not? as we imagine our societies to be like. So I think there is an interesting reflection there as well uh, in terms of that. Please, please continue, Terence. Yes, I think this is the first part. And also the, the second part is about, I think we think the blockchain company, uh, uh, they are, they're moving too fast. And even though we know they are, they're, they seems like uh, they have their own projects, but from behind it could be like they have, a, we can see a lot of hack, 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 uh, a lot of hack um, uh, incident happened recently. I think last week also. So, is it um, really by the, the the hacker itself, or is there any things like being planned before? So there's a thing. So I I, I am not sure about this. Should I uh go into much? But I I would say that the building of blockchain company um. The, the marketing size is, is, is not just to create awareness. I think we should more focus on how we create the, the values to the society. So, so basically, everybody is claiming that, however, if you look at this specific project like uh, uh, USDT, so if you, <laughs> you look at whether they are pick up with the, uh, the real USD, then there's mm. another question, right? So this is actually quite worrying because uh, if the the data's the the USDT uh, collapse, so the entire crypto market could collapse because <laughs> this is the this is the the so called uh, the money used for all the transactions most of them, especially yeah. in the finance. So it 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 just one 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 crypto will will collapse the entire entire good blockchain project. So. I'm still uh, keep my eyes on, on this uh, USDT and as well as some of the project, which is quite, uh, I think it's a little bit, we need to be, we need to take a look. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Listen, I guess, you know, like one from, from our conversation, I can also start telling uh, now that one of the ethical implications that is there that, that, that maybe it's not as tangible is this idea that we are in such an early stage that we don't even know all the implications that we we might have with this uh, new technology right so we have to as yes. you said keep an eye on the things that are happening how things are evolving and try to you know like have a public discussion about the implications of the implementation of this technology um terence you have been talking already uh, in your examples in your answers about the future you know what can we expect in terms of research and practice in the future of blockchain uh, but do you have any other things to add there? And I will also like to ask you, uh, aside from this, is like, you know, I see I'm not extremely or deeply familiar with the statistics, but I know that blockchain adoption or okay, cryptocurrencies adoption is still quite a, a, a small if you think about the world at large. So what can you say about the future of this in research and practice and the adoption of, of these technologies? Yeah, I, I think right now, at first, before the NFT, we would say this is quite small because it's only uh, in the DeFi platform or maybe in the, in the, in the Bitcoin or transactions, the monetary transaction, uh, global so-called cross-border uh, finance. However, right now, when NFT comes to the space, I would say that this is quite big right now because uh, even in now I'm teaching the brand management course, 
NFT actually, I, I consider it is like one of the brand elements. So apart yeah. from brand name, websites, uh, the, the characters, symbol, logo, slogan, or packaging, NFT is considered for me, I think in the class, I already uh, talked to my student, this is one of the new brand elements. So now it's become big. So I to think say that that not, is yeah. very good that you're saying that, Terence, because I'm also doing exactly the same. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. So, so I think this is this is very important because we, as a researcher, we look these things like is 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 part of the of the important things. That's why I think this is going to be big. But uh, what NFT can do next? I think we already discussed. Uh, why do we need to own a piece of art that is generated by AI? So there's another question. I, I know that uh, uh, a lot of us, I think, including myself, you, we own some uh, NFT, which is generated by AI, but mm. they are actually minted like 10,000 pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by copying here, sometimes they are using different layer perspective. I think we all understand they put the layer, so they automatically, they generated. Exactly, so, which is yeah. like what, what they say, like creating artificial scarcity, right? Yes. So, okay. So we understand the scarcity is important, which is bring the values, but what is that means to the to the implication? So so are we just flick the price? Because this thing it has must have some some kind of uh, function behind. So from the practical perspective, I would think that we need to have a proper plan. What is the roadmap of the NFT? Uh, Basically, for myself, I think the NFT should be linked to the access of the metaverse environments to provide privileged online experience. So such as virtual event, like virtual concert, discount, virtual uh, museum, personal offering, the link to the physical products. And one example, yeah, one example, sorry, one example for Adidas. I think Adidas, they have the NFT and Nike. Then hmm. they can use this one. Then they can uh, print out the, the physical product, which is only can be sold, can be uh, owned by the NFT owner. So hmm. this is something like meaningful why we need to buy uh, a multi-dollars NFT. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like what some people are saying, which is that you know NFTs uh, in some cases should or are viewed as this ticket or entrance to a, a special club, if you like, you know, with special yes. benefits, access to things and so on. Uh, in the metaverse, for example, or even linked to physical reality, right? If you own an NFT, yes. maybe you have discount for concerts or maybe, you know, I don't know, something else, maybe early access to a product of a brand. So I think this part of community building probably is one of the the, the important futures of NFTs, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I think NFT can do more than that, like uh, how it could be uh, included in in the house, like virtual house as a picture or something something else. Or oh, can we lend out the NFT? Then, then that's another question. I think that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, Terence, this conversation has been fast, fantastic. And I would uh, uh, love to keep you here for like an hour, just, you know, asking uh, and discussing these questions with you, but uh, our time is limited. So uh, I just want to ask you one final uh, question. As you know, in this podcast, we have um, uh, listeners that are students of customer experience management, also branding, you know, and many other fields uh, or subfields of marketing. But we also have practitioners that are kind of like dealing with the experience management. 
So one of the questions that we ask to all our, our guests in the podcast is, if you could give an advice or a recommendation based on your research and all your, this knowledge of blockchain technology, technology for practitioners uh, in the context of customer experience management, what would that be? Yeah, for, for practitioners, I think, especially on the customer experience perspective, I think first and foremost, uh, I would like to claim that blockchain marketing is not similar to digital marketing. So the marketing manager are advised to recruit a new blockchain marketing team who are able to comprehend, to understand the, the blockchain technology as an institutional technology and will change how consumers trust their brand in the transparent ecosystems. So, and also uh, know how to perform, I think, brand recovery efforts uh, uh, using the blockchain ecosystem is very important, especially when customers encounter a poor experience in the blockchain-based metaverse. Mm -hmm. So this is very critical because uh, we cannot just think about all the good things. However, when there's some bad thing happens, so the marketing team who know about blockchain, only they are the one who know how to solve this issue in a transparent world because all the information will be put on chain and what kind of blockchain platform should be used in order to uh, tackle this particular problem. So I think the, the normal uh, marketing guy, they have the idea, but they have the strategy. I don't think they have a practical ideas how to solve these problems. So uh, another thing is, I think this is very important. I would like to highlight, um, speaking about the metaverse, for me, I think the metaverse uh, is a good experience, but this metaverse doesn't mean that we need to wear a VR device. Uh, it can be a 3D blockchain-based metaverse, just like just mm. like Decentraland, where mm. brand can have any kind of beverage uh, engagement with the NFT owners. So for publics, I think I only give a very quick uh, 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 advice or suggestions. It's very good to learn uh, all the blockchain-based metaverse, uh, but here I don't mean the Facebook metaverse. And mm. I think the public need to move forward like, rather than too skeptical about the blockchains, but be very thoughtful about the NFT projects. Uh, it is good to know from the crypto YouTuber, but I think uh, listening to such such uh, um, good uh, academy or professional view uh, broadcast about the future of blockchain-based metaverse is, is, is very important as well. You know, I, I, I really uh, like everything that you just said because it resonates a lot with uh, what I typically include in some of my classes uh, when I briefly talk about blockchain and I just want to highlight three of your points. Uh, blockchain is not the same as digital marketing, right? I, I would call it yes. more like a, a, like a new digital transformation with its own particularities and its own things and it will require, of course, new knowledge, new sort of like uh, institu institutionalization of, the, of these in, in, in organizations and so on. Yes. The second one is when we hear the word metaverse, we think of these kind of like super immersive matrix-like almost context. But no, the metaverse is just an evolution of Web 2.0. And as you said, it doesn't need to be like a VR headset or like inside a, a virtual environment uh, exactly. or a VR headset, right? It could be like a 3D scenario or many other things that are just attached to a blockchain, right? Yes. Third thing that I want to highlight from what you said is be careful with NFT projects because we are just starting to, to see how this is going to be shaped, right? And there's many things to be considered there. 
exactly. I think you've made a very good uh, <laughs> uh, highlights about what I'm saying. I think perhaps you, you, I think you are the one who also uh, think about the same. We have the same talk. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. You know, I learn a lot uh, from your from your article and 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 from the, the the exchanges that we have had. So I'm I'm very happy to see. You know that that. Uh, there are like-minded people that we're working or kind of like trying to think about these topics because there are really like uh, some some changes taking place and, and we need to think about them. And your article is definitely, again, let me remind you, uh, listeners, his article is called Ethical Marketing in the Blockchain-Based Sharing Economy, Theoretical Integration and Guiding Insights. It's an excellent uh, point to learn about this, in particular in the sharing economy. So go uh, down to the uh, description of this episode. You will find the link to the article there. And I think with these, we're reaching the end, uh, Terence. So I would just like to to thank you so much for your time and for, for um, you know, just being in the podcast. I will post your contact details as well in the description in, if anyone would like to get in touch with you. Uh, and otherwise, uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Carlos. Thank you.